Stardate 74469.9. Hello and happy new year on Earth. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new Star Trek and beyond. I'm your ensign on the con, Mariah Gossett, and with me on the view screen is... Clyde Haynes. And Grant Davis. And we're back with another live podcast. Uh, We appreciate y'all being flexible with our schedules this holiday season. And we are tonight going to break down the penultimate episode of season three, episode 12. There is a tide. Before we get into some housekeeping, let's go ahead and just jump right on into some hot freaks. Oh, oh, I'm missing. I'm missing my cue. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Uh Grant, you what did Mike you Mike handled this? So <laughs> dropping the ball. Uh Grant, what, what did I you think? think? Yeah. Um, holy shit, this episode was fucking awesome. There you go. That's my hot freak. No, I I'll I'll go on from there. Okay, that's um, a hot this, freak. <laughs> this I thought was a redemption for the Osira character who I now find extremely fascinating because of this episode. I thought the entire uh, premise of using this like dastardly uh, steal the uh, steal the disco ship in order to be able to try and broker a deal with the Federation and bring the chain and them aligned is so, so interesting and like something that actually probably would be for the best of the galaxy if they were able to actually achieve that um to the point where i was like oh wait i'm I'm so conflicted on this character am i am i rooting for her okay um additionally this episode is straight up diehard how can i not love the fact that we have michael burnham crawling through vents getting losing her shoes being barefoot getting stabbed and bleeding and wounded and using a a, a, a walkie-talkie to talk shit like all of it i'm like this is diehard this is all, this is so great um everything from that that uh opening sequence which had book and michael running through the subspace whatever thing they were running through flying and shape-shifting around ships to get through to uh get there la- just in time all of it was so intense and I was just gripping um, my chair while I was watching in the beginning. I was like, man, this is amazing. And it just kind of kept up through the rest of the episode to the point where I was like, I love this. This is, this is how you deliver on the promise of, of what you set up. And I think I was a little bit down on last week's episode. I was kind of shitting on it a lot actually. Um, And this is such, this is such redemption. This is, this was such a fun episode. I'm excited for where they're going to go with the the finale, and I'm I'm back in it. I'm sold. That's well, where nice. I'm. Okay, so GK, I I just have to say, I know you're you're saying I better like this episode, so I just I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I did. I love this episode. It was. Uh, it was. It was great. Um, I didn't think Die Hard, but I was thinking. Wow, she got stabbed and is bleeding early. Why? But <laughs> that being said, um, I love the way things came together. I think we were looking for Tilly to kind of redeem herself. I don't know that I quite got a redemption um, Tilly arc, but I did like what her character did. Um, and again, I think what we're seeing is that not only is Tilly smart, but she really is kind of the heart of that of that team so we don't need her 
to be Giorgio or Riker or Chicote or anybody else. Who she is 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 kind of unique and different. And so I, I like that. Um, from the minute that the the previously on rolled, I was thinking to myself, I told you that we were gonna get Zara back, that he wasn't dead somewhere on the ice. Yeah. Um and so I thought he was an interesting kind of addition. Um, and so I kind of like the way that played. You kind of had a big bad uh, in Osira, and you had this other, you know, kind of junior bad guy. I, I like him better as a bad guy. And so I just thought there was a lot of things going on. I got to see Owo kick some more butt. So we got a little like, you know, Taryn Owo in the prime universe, like that, that was working for me. Th- there was just a lot of light, a lot to like. And the, the dynamic between um, Stamets and Burnham at the end, and I know we'll get there. You know, last week we talked a lot about kind of the, um, the emotion and whether or not there was enough emotion and emotional weight. Um, there was plenty of it in that scene. And so, I looked at that and was thinking, oh, my God, how are you going to give us that at the last, like, two minutes of the episode? There's so much to unpack there. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. So I love that. This was just this was great. This is one of those as I was watching it. I just wanted to tell everybody, leave me alone. I'm busy. <laughs> and of course, I did not have it, but I still enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, well. Uh, three out of three were all on the same page. I also yeah. really loved this episode. Um, it was action packed. We got crawling through Jeffrey tubes, like you were saying, Grant, like all those fun little references where you can, you can sort of see where Burnham is going with what's about to happen when she's like strapping herself in to, to shove out the airlock, the, the, the big bads that are chasing her. I thought, I honestly think the like tete-a-tete between Vance and Osira was some of the best dialogue of the season. It was handled so well. So well, it was very believable that these are two very equal weighted, uh, you know, industry titans of their own respects going after each other and trying to figure out like, I don't trust you, but we have to move forward. How do we make this happen? And it was just such an interesting back and forth between them. I love that this episode is named after uh, a Shakespeare quote, classic Trek, um, which we can talk about later. Again, like you were saying, Clyde, the emotional weight of Stamets and Burnham. I thought that was like, you could feel it. You could feel that tension in that room. So I thought this episode built up all of the tension that I am ready for to see come to a peak next week. Um, and I just want to dive in because I think there's just a ton of stuff that we want to cover. But before we dig a little bit deeper, Grant, can you tell everyone how they can support this little podcast of ours? Uh, Boy, can I? Why don't you guys go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod and there you can make a per episode pledge. Give us a buck or two. If you give two, if you give two bucks an episode, you will be able to access our exclusive Slack channel filled with a bunch of delightful, lovable Trekkies who all are willing to actually accept you with open arms. Um, You should come join us. Uh, two bucks an episode where you get to come join us and chat all things Trek all through the week and get ex- you get exclusive access to our bonus little episodes and minis that we do. So we appreciate all your support. If you enjoy what we do um, and you want to kick us a few bucks to help keep this project of ours going, we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. 
Hey, one of the best things about doing this live is we get to read comments, right? Like Kang says, I wish Nilsson had been in the episode instead of the Rando Bridge crew member. Lieutenant Ina, I could not agree with you more. And the fact that she got a line, I was like, who is this Rando? Uh, it's a red shirt. Someone's going to die, right? <laughs> in the next episode. As, as soon as they said, if someone drops, we're going to, you know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But being able to read quotes and respond to things like that is one of the best things about doing this live. So if you are watching us on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, or wherever you're watching us, come on, participate. Don't just spectate. You can participate by typing P-O-D, capital P-O-D, capital pod in the chat, and we will try and read your comment or your question later on the show. But otherwise, talk to people, have fun. Chat with us. We're paying attention. Awesome. All right. <laughs> we have a Tilly plan to take this episode on. So let's dig into it. Uh, There's the Tide was written by Kenneth Lynn, uh, who has also worked on House of Cards and Warrior uh, and directed by the Jonathan Frakes. Of course it was. <laughs> this is Jonathan Frakes. And I that like makes- it. It is a Frakes. This makes his 22nd episode of Trek that he has directed. Um, and honestly, it felt, and, and we can kind of dig into it, it felt a little first contacty to me. So I think, okay. uh, I think there are some fun, some fun references there. Uh, this is the one uh, made of shit. Just kidding. It's the one where the crew fights back uh, to take the ship and Admiral Vance goes toe to toe with Osira. Um, let's, I, I have to get that out of the way because it was, was maybe hilarious. my favorite line of dialogue I've ever heard. As she takes that bite, and him just going, it's made of shit, you know? <laughs> and and I looked it up because I was like, wait, have replicators always been using like waste to create this? Because it's like a remattering of particles. So where are we getting the particles from? I did some loose research. It does seem like this might be a newer thing in this century mm-hmm. due to lack of resources. But, but still that makes sense. Like you take right. The ship has to cycle all of its components or it's constantly ejecting elements. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it was one of my favorite moments. I Every time I, I watched it a few times, it made me giggle every time. Um, but I wanted to bring up and, and see what y'all thought about uh, the title of this episode. Um, there is a tide as a reference to Julius Caesar, uh, where Brutus is talking to Cassius. Um and you can look it up if you put in there is a tide of the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads to fortune is like the big quote. Um, but it's essentially a discussion of fate versus free will in regards to human life. We always love that discussion on a Trek episode. Um, and it's the idea that you have to seize an opportunity at the right moment. If you wait for the tide to come in, but you wait too long, you might lose all your soldiers. But if you don't wait long enough, your boat's not going to get out to sea. I get it now. And that is why the scientist's name is Aurelius. Yeah. Which is also a Roman general. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Marketing. Don't we love some good references on a Trek episode? <laughs> um, but what did cool. y'all... I was curious about that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Osira now that we've sort of revealed more about her in this episode? I love the fact that she's come across as more three dimensional than than ori- than originally thought, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're gonna have a big bad, like like if you think about the great big bads, really in any franchise, you want someone who 
is more than just a homicidal maniac or someone who's all about power because it's easy to to hate those but the ones that that are are fun are the ones that you kind of go oh hmm they make you pause for a second and so her coming in and being more than we thought or or at least trying to be more than we thought was interesting to me and i was like okay i kind of want to see where this is going i still don't trust her at all um and i think that dynamic seeing her with vance was super interesting for like looking at both of them kind of going back and forth um it, it in a poker got, match yeah right I, it certainly fleshed out the character and made her much more uh three-dimensional i guess um in that she's not just barking back and forth kind of witty one-liners with tilly or or uh ordering her guards to go get those guys capture them she we now see a bigger picture of what her potential end goal is and yeah i think it's fair for us to still um have our hackles up about whether or not we can we can trust her but the idea that she didn't kill anyone on the discovery ship she did try and protect everyone she's making a lot of concessions. It seems kind of like a legit um, approach for her. And it, it does seem interesting to me that if you think about her rising to power to be in the position that she is, then yes, she's going to have a lot of awful things in her, on her resume that she did. And yes, she's, um, operating slave camps and everything that the chain is involved in. But if she's trying to broker this deal to move away from that and, um, and acknowledging that those were sins that she had to do as a means to an end of being able to make this kind of uh, negotiation with the Federation. I think that's super fascinating cool. and a little bit of a redemption. Well, and that's why it's also great. Why that's such a, a breaking point between her and Vance. When he's like, you have to have have accountability. And she's like, nah, fuck that. I think it makes sense. So I think a lot of times when you see this big bad, you're always looking for the thing that they do that is really stupid. That's going to get them kind of killed or, 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 you know, they're going to lose. And so the minute that she goes, okay, we're going to keep the bridge crew on and no one harm them. Like you, you basically said they're uber protected so they can kill everybody, but you can't kill them. Right. And I'm like, okay, but then we got a very legitimate reason to why she did that. And so I, again, I go, "Mm, great writing. And, and, and to your point, Grant, the, the notion of she's trying to do something, she's got all this stuff in her past. Right. And she's going, well, okay. What I ultimately want is to be queen of the Federation. She, she really wants to be Giorgio. Right. And that, that breaking point that dilemma like that was I, I just i was like do you think she wanted to be queen yeah because absolutely. i, I think she wanted mark. to be i don't know if it's queen i think she wanted to be the puppet master yes. i think she wants yeah. to run everything behind the scenes but without her face having to be anywhere um because she, she was willing to concede even on having someone else be the face of as long as she controlled them as yes. long as she controlled that that individual. Yeah. And I saw um, David Maloney, who writes for Vulture, does the recaps for this show, um, 
described Osira and the Emerald Chain to most citizens as the Amazon of the future. You didn't want this evil capitalist organization to run everything in your life, but here we are. And <laughs> I thought that was such a a good analogy. Kind of analogy and comparison. Yeah, because I was like, none of her citizens want to deal with her. It's just what they have. And like the fact that she's like, oh, they're willing to give up slavery. I'm willing to give up all of this stuff. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not really. I'm going to find ways to hide things from you and to be a little bit devious in some ways. And then ultimately, she is not willing to sacrifice herself for her people at all. And that's huge, though, because I think when you think about the Federation getting in bed with someone or partnering with someone, that is who the Federation is, right? The, The good of the many outweigh the good of the few. I mean, Vance literally said, hey, we're going to do things for the good of the the many. And so that's that's why that's a deal breaker, because he's he's almost testing her character. Right. Is this about you? Yeah. Right. Or Mm -hmm. is this are you really looking at at people? And so I think if she had said, sure, even if she didn't mean it, if she had said, sure, then he would have been able to buy the fact that she was doing this for greater good. Right. But don't you think the lie detector would be like, that's a lie. Like she's not willing to go to trial. My man, Eli. Yeah. I need to know in my house. Then it feels relatable. I find her pulling away relatable in that instance, because she wants to ride in as a hero, potentially that, that is uniting all of this. And part of her end game is to be heralded as a person who brought everything together. And, uh, salvage the galaxy but if she's also tried as this galactic war criminal that kind of goes against her her uh ego she needs someone to come in and give her the free pass for her to want to do anything noble but yeah so there's there's very i was gonna say human but there's very um, (laughs) orion orion intentions there like it, it it's relatable i think in that degree i also thought like you know this show has a tendency, I, I guess shows of this ilk have a tendency to for the convenience of getting a plot forward and condensing it, just rushing kind of discussions and trials and negotiations like this. They're negotiating something huge that would probably have to involve dozens of people over months and months. And oh, they're yeah. doing this over the course of, like 40 minutes or something. Wants to see the paperwork. Apples, right? <laughs> yeah. So for the convenience of us, the audience, they're, they're truncating it. And I thought in the manner in which they're truncating it, they're hitting all these core scenes and discussions that could be boring, I guess, but they weren't how, how they wrote them. It was very engaging between Vance and Osira. And this felt like a redemption for Vance. Like yeah. I feel he's on the side of the Federation and he has the proper principles intact for what he's fighting for. I was like, well, yeah, on, dude. Grant, I think to your point, though, the way they they truncated it also showed us more about who Osira was, right? So th- th- that was the foreshadowing. The fact that she couldn't even go through these negotiations. She was just like, boom, look, read this and sign this and let's move on. Like, I'm, I'm tired of talking. Is that really the partner that you want? Like, well, she... Maybe. I mean, she was making concessions on on other things, it seems. She was acknowledging what they were going to have to do. And when he read through the document, he was like, for the most part, a lot of this seems like too good to be true. Yeah, that's too good to be true. 
Yeah, but it's the manner in which it was presented, right? I, there's a lot of negotiations through time with between powerful people that have poor intentions and they still make oh, it work. And 100%. I think that's evident, that's evident in, in Trek too. Like I, I would imagine like the, the negotiations between the Federation and the, I'm going to talk out my ass here. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. The Klingons, when they were able to broker a piece early on, there's probably still a bit of a, you know, bet, like turning, turning your uh, eye away from like, these horrible atrocities that happened. Well, I'm, I'm not just saying exactly. that. I think my issue is I would imagine that if we talk about the Federation and the Klingon or the Federation and even Vulcan, you're talking about stuff that happens like, like just the negotiation, the art of negotiation is people are going to hold things in and they're going to, they're, they're going to, it's going to take a while. She was just like the, the whole fact that she was just like, I can't sit here and do this like i can't negotiate i can't play well, politics i don't think that's what it was i think she was ready to play politics and she's ready for this to go on but she wasn't ready to face consequences for her own actions and as soon as her consequences was put on the table that's when she's like i'm done you know mm -hmm. that was that was the end of the road for her and i thought you know it was very smart both in how they showed osira in the negotiating room with vance but also then we get this moment um between uh oh what's his name the aurelio and stamets in the engineering room where aurelio is you know explaining like osiris not a bad person she let me live like i would have been dead by now if it wasn't for her because she's allowed me to have all of the best doctors and scientists and like all right. of this in order for me to be able to live my my best life with my disability and now I am in this I'm this great scientist. Can't you see how she's good and then I thought it was interesting for Stamets to kind of throw it back and and I love that character development for Aurelio by the end when she when he gets to see Osiris' truest self when she murders Rin. I thought Stamets and Aurelian was such a perfect um, battle of wits and like some yeah. Sherlockian kind some of emotional like, manipulation tactics. Yeah, it was like, Hey, I'm very quickly going to establish with you that I see you have kids and I also have kids. I have people I care about. And if you are a true uh, altruistic man of science, you're going to realize that you're compromising on some of your, your beliefs and morals and convictions by simply having me imprisoned here and, and questioning me. And like Stam is putting him on the spot and, and making him have to kind of have that back and forth and, and question himself. I was like, ah, this is really good. This is a yeah. good dynamic. I, I think that part of what, what I, what this scene or, or the entire, the entire Stamets line reminded me of is that he's not military. Right. Right. Like Stamets is a scientist in the truest form, right? Cause he, he thought about at the end of season one, he was going to leave discovery and go work as a, like on a, literally like a university ship like Stamets is all about science and so he was relating to Aurelio from that standpoint so then when you see Burnham come in and go yeah I ain't got time for all of this mm -hmm. and shoots you know stuns him and is like we've got to go that's a military decision she's making a military decision where she's going look you are the key asset here and we need to take you off the board. That's a military decision. And so just, it's nice to see, we don't often get that play between the science and the military aspect and star kind of uh, in Starfleet in the show. 
And I like the fact that we went back there and it really reminded me, okay, this, this is who he is. I felt like I really got to see who the Stamets character was in this episode. Yeah. P.W. Gregory saying the scientist yeah. really didn't want to talk about that. He was in heavy in denial. Yeah. Oh, Cause I mean, who wouldn't be if you're like, I'm a well-funded scientist who can do what I want. I have free reign and like the person is good. To, it's that whole, um, you know, like when you find out someone, you know, maybe they're a friend and you find out they've done something really bad and you're like, but they've always been so nice to me. Right. Like that is, that is such a interesting trope for them to, to play with. Mm-hmm. With Burnham coming in guns ablaze, <laughs> <laughs> literally they like cause a whole fire when they shoot into the ship, which by the way, visual effects team knocked it out of the park again, this episode, everything looked so good. Um, Including a floating dead uh, body in space. Yes. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> a little as she's breaking apart. But um, with shoes. I, was, sorry. <laughs> the <boot. laughs> there's those moments, man. They're so good. Um, but I wanted to. There's some interesting parallels with our very first episode of this show with like the nerve pinch to knock out the person that is trying to talk you out of doing something. And she's getting him off of the ship, but she hasn't communicated or made contact with the rest of the bridge crew. And it's like the bridge crew is on track to get to the bridge to go back to the nebula. Whereas Burnham is like, I am here to save all of the Federation. Right. I I love, she's just on a mission. She's focused Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's a communication breakdown, but she's doing what she thinks is going to be in the best interest. And she's a force of nature. She's awesome. (laughs) When like, when again, Clyde, when you said, ah, we need someone like Giorgio, that is Burnham. Burnham is a person who she puts her mind to something and she executes it. And she will stab and punch and kick her way through to making sure that happens, get irradiated and (laughs) all sorts of stuff. I'm going to jump ahead here, but I'm, I'm just too curious. So, Saru, you've got Colbert. Mm-hmm. You've got Adira. Mm-hmm. Do they live? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, do I think, mean, yeah. in, in some way, shape, or form, only yeah, because I don't, I, I don't think it's this is a major spoiler because they've been posting on social media like Doug Jones back in the makeup chair for season four already and ah. Blue, uh, uh, Blue, DeBario, and um, spoiler, they've been, you know, in Toronto. So it's just like, I don't think they're going to kill off these characters. Okay. I, I just thought I would ask. I think we we, However, talked, we talked about Blue being on the on the on, uh, sign for season five last week. This could be a good bait and switch. I mean, I don't. So I will kill Col- Colbert. You can't keep. Doing I don't that. think you can kill Colbert. Yeah. Not after how amazing Wilson Cruz has been this whole season. Like remember I think they had a, a whole. Remember when they had a whole fake actor for Ash Tyler? That they like threw into IMDb for like this person <laughs> playing Bach and this other guy's playing Ash Tyler. <laughs> and you're like, wow, you guys are putting in some effort here <laughs> to yeah. confuse us. They could. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm skeptical, too. I want to go back real quick to a comment I thought was um, pretty interesting from Daza Greenwood uh, over on Facebook says, I, I think you might have missed that. Um that Osiris successfully deceived the lie detector construct thingy. When it detected a lie, she showed some surprise and said there was a glitch. I believe that glitch was with her hack, not with the truth bot. Anyway, that's my hot freak, which I thought was interesting. 
It could be interesting. I'm sure Osira has the capability to perhaps pass something like that in some way, shape, or form with the concept that maybe the nugget of like what she's actually saying is true, but like part of the intention might be false. Do you know what I mean? So I'll say I agree with you, Mariah. Um, and I was watching that. I I read that or watched that that scene slightly differently. What I saw was I thought she actually lied. And she was just like, oh, look, it's a glitch. And yeah. I thought that Vance was like, no, nah, I, I got that it was a lie. And then she asked him a question and he went right past it. Right. It was a question that he would have had to lie to. He she was asked and Saru is on the planet. And he was, or or on Kaminar or something. Right. And he just, he went right past, and he goes, "Let's get back to this." And I like, I was like, "Wow, that was very clever." So I thought she actually lied, and she was like, "Oh, it's a glitch," but it, you know, everybody in the room knew she, she it was actually a lie. Right, because she might believe what she's saying for now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I have a quick question for the chat now that you've posed the question, Clyde. Who okay. are you gonna die? Who like because we knew blue dude okay. Rin was a dead man walking right? Oh yeah, yeah we like, lost like, Rin. I mean, I, mean, I, I forgot he was still on the ship. So when he showed up, I was like, oh dude, you are not going to make it. <laughs> I think uh, our I think I think Tilly is going to kill Zara. Is my I, I want to mm. see it. Okay. Or it, or she's gonna like fully arrest him, and he's gonna get thrown in like space jail or whatever. Like something between Tilly and Zara has to happen, some sort of epic fight, um, possibly ending in death. And then I think our random brunette from the bridge is also gonna be the one that we lose. Is it we just lose a, a female like dies at <laughs> in every finale? <laughs> Like, wasn't it? What's her name? Um, uh, the robot lady, Arium. Arium, who died in the last one. Sacrifice. I mean, the thing is, just you know, right now, Starfleet's just full of kick-ass women who are taking, kicking ass, and taking names, and sometimes there's collateral. You know. Yeah, I'm worried about book. <sighs> you think book? They they're not gonna do anything to book. Although they, they did have a lot of. Um, I love you this episode, and those are some good. I like it, seemed like Burnham was just running around saying, I maybe, love you to everyone. Maybe that's our cliffhanger into the next season is whether or not Book is alive. Um, 100% her mom's gonna show up since she sent oh. that quick oh, uh, yeah. telegram. That's I am so ready for Sonia. murder Sonia. Yeah. to come in and to save the Federation headquarters. Che- Chekhov's mom. Was given a little uh, <laughs> telegram by Burnham, and that's a uh, setup for next week's episode where they bust in and bad habits. Yeah. That dun dun. Nice. What if we lose bad Burnham? habits? None. What if we habits. lose? I see. Oh, sorry. What if we? What if we lose Burnham's mom at the end of next step? That would fit. That, that would fit. I, I'm with Grant on that. I could see that. I'm like, I know we're going to have to emotionally torture Burnham because that's what this show does best. Um, what about Grudge? Can Grudge die? No, no, you cannot joke about the cat. First of all, I think save, Grudge saves the day. Save the cat. That's <laughs> There's books about this. <laughs> I think the issue with Grudge is Grudge cannot die until we figure out why Grudge is special. Right. Okay. So until that reveal has happened, Grudge is fine. Um, what did you think of our little bot uh, reveal? So we've seen, you know, we had the discussion last week about prominent bot shots. And you had the you had the good theory. 
the theory that perhaps they are evil, but instead perhaps they are good this time around. Bots are not sus anyway. Nobody's sus. All the people we thought were sus aren't no sus. More. Sus no more. Fancy back to being sus. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the opposite, I think. No, I, I think what's funny is that everybody's looking and now that now that Vance is no longer sus, it feels as though he has become even hotter. Oh, 100%. Well, like, like when he was sus, look, everybody knows I'm sus. That's not, that's not news. <laughs> I, I stated that in like the first episode of, of, of the podcast. No, um, but it does feel like when Vance was sus, it was like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's all right. But now that he's not sus and he's all high integrity federation, it's like, yo, he's hot. I'm just saying. Always and forever. After so the mummy. I get it. Voted fair could can get whatever he wants after the mummy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the bots returning as the sphere to kind of give it a, uh, a personification, like uh, like a physical body that we can now talk to rather than just like talking to the ship here, is is interesting. Now now they have this teammate that's a um, a multiple unit hive mind. That can yeah. enact things that, that they, they probably couldn't even think of to help them. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. That, re- that reminds me of Eva from Wally, but yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I like that. Did they do the little like live long and prosper hands, but with their tiny little robot hands Did at the they? end there? It looked like they were like, we're here to help. Like, <laughs> I, I, is this Trek trying to have their cute little baby Yoda? I don't know. <laughs> We get our cute dot. They call them dots too. They're not like they're not that cute. They're no baby Yodas. Uh, They puke up little blue goo or something. I I don't know. I mean, I I think it makes it helped me understand why the dot was on the the uh, opening credits. I mean, so there's a a certain piece was like, okay, now I understand. That makes sense. how do I feel about the dots showing up to save the day and the personification of the, the, the computer, the sphere data, the yeah. sphere data. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm jury still out for me. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, mostly impressed. They could compress themselves enough to just fit into three bots for a hundred thousand years worth of data. Yeah. And, right. and do they have special, like, I mean, if you're talking about a hundred thousand years of data, like, do they know all the martial arts? Like, can they? Are they going to be able to kick ass or not? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll you see. It's, it's the Matrix. Is this Neo in in three bot form? And you couldn't come up with a bigger bot. Like, there wasn't <laughs> something else that you could use. You got this little thing. Like, speaking of Keanu Reeves, maybe all three of them merge into one station megabot. I mean, uh, like Transformers. Right if you're gonna have a bot, don't you want a big bot? Like, I'm just saying. Yeah. We don't know yet. Hold your you horse. Got a bot the size of a trash can. I mean, what if one of these, these, what are they, rangers or reapers or what are these things called? The the bad guys. Oh, yeah. I've already forgotten. They yeah. feel like Borg, like light. Uh, yeah. Right? But whatever they are, I just don't want them to come regulators. over. The regulators. But, I hope they don't come over and kick one of these things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the biggest problem, though, is where's Reno? Reno and those bots is the biggest force to be reckoned with in in the multiverse. Re- Reno clearly 
Well, is it Rito's? He's just kicking back and eating Twizzlers with the, the guards or some shit. Reverse. Like, whatever. This will be all over in a bit. Someone will come Mr. in and likes stabbing people. I'm going to be honest. I need Tig Nataro to be on this show in a much regular and yes. consistent capacity. Because uh, it's driving me a little nuts. Because I think she's clearly one of the greatest assets this show has. I, so the, I'm yeah, being selfish. I, I, no, no. I'm not saying that she needs to have all the lines every episode, but I'm just saying, like, being 60% of the scenes and I'd be happy. Yeah. That would be great. Um, but speaking of our quippy, amazing crew, uh, I loved the Morse code moment. Oh, right. Where our group finally bands together and takes everybody down. And watching Olo just like freaking tear him down, like you said, Clyde, earlier, it was like we got to see a little bit of Taryn uh, in the prime, and I was here for it. Yes. I, I I said I wanted to see more Owo, and I didn't think we were going to get it, and we got it. So it worked for me, and the Morris Code thing was cool. Um, it, that entire scene was nice because we got a chance to see the bridge crew like be special in ways that we don't normally get to see because there's so much focus on Burnham and Book and Saru and at times Pike, and at times Lorca. Now we're we're getting to see them do their thing, and that was kind of nice. It made me not miss Nan Nan as much, um, or all You're the right, other, yeah, or all the other people that we we learn to love and then get kicked off the show. Well, so yeah. I thought that you know the build up to that scene had a pretty um, great moment where uh, I don't know what, what's the the evil dude's name. Zara. Zara. Yeah. He was talking shit to Tilly and just like really breaking it down. Like, Oh, we took over um, your, your ship in like 10 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. And making her just feel lowest of low, a failure of, of leadership. And as soon as they take down those guards, you see her step right back into the role of leadership and start calling the shots with, with such conviction and authority. And I was like, yes, I love it. That's what I want to see. You, you're beaten down. You're mocked for what is a failed leadership in a lose-lose situation, which um, then she's able to turn the tables. And and now I'm embracing how she's kind of taking back on the leadership and she's calling shots. She's um, making the tougher call of leaving book there to protect them and going forward with the rest of the team. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying into it a lot more now with Tilly. Yeah, I really loved her. I, I feel like the building of the redemption arc for these last couple of episodes, um, you know, she knows that this went all wrong, but she knows she's done all of the right things in a wrong situation, which I think is what's sort of grounding her in all of this. And so we're able to see her take command again. I think it's also because this whole crew still utterly respects her, not only as a friend, but as someone who is taking command because they know how smart and capable she is and that Mm -hmm. she is a very good problem solver. I mean, how many times have we had, you know, there's uh, that time, I think last season where Tilly's like running from sick bay because Tilly knows how to solve the problem and is coming up and is like, you know, the power of math people. (laughs) Um, So I think they know that if Tilly has a plan, they can follow that plan. Um, and she's definitely taking that 
leadership roles seriously, even as we move into, you know, their eventual move towards the bridge um, and her being like, hey, if someone falls, like, we have to leave them behind because we have to get control of this ship. So let's go. Um, I had a few questions for y'all about this episode. Um, the gun cufflink thing seemed so cool. super Very fucking cool. awesome. Is that um, new tech for Discovery? Yes. I assume that wasn't in previous ones, right? Yeah, no, that's brand new tech. Um, during the uh, ready room, they had like an interview with the props uh, team and they were talking about all of the new phasers that they were using and, you know, the hand gestures that they have to sort of make things happen. And, um, you know, they work very closely with the visual effects team to make it so that it's like a seamless move into them holding a real prop because the actors, um, if they're a main, get to hold... Uh, these like aluminum made phasers so that there's some weight to them and they feel real. And it's, uh, it's really cool. The props department's been having a lot of fun this season with all the new, the new tech that they have now that we're so far in the future. Yeah. That was such a badass reveal of like it's zipping back into our cufflink. I was like, Oh my God, I want one of those. That's what I mean, it, needs right it, there. it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to be climbing and moving in unpredictable environments, the last thing you need is to be trying to host or something mm-hmm. that, you know, accidentally shoots you in the hip. And, I mean, and using it as, as, as a gun, as a heat ray, like as a bunch of different, like, you know. Mom, when she gets rid of Stamets out the, mm-hmm. like, portal door with that weird, it almost looks like goo, but it's not goo. That, like, flexible force field that was around him to send him to the... Oh, right to uh, headquarters, which I thought was, you know, again, we've talked a little bit about their dialogue, but that moment, it's like, you're so distracted. You're like, Ooh, new tech. Ooh, the phaser's now a bomb. That's going to take out this window. And then you have Stamets just delivering the most heartbreaking dialogue. Yeah. To burn him. Stamets was fantastic. This episode, just like through and through from the, the back and forth with the other scientists, to just the heartbreaking please um and and when when he got the reveal i i love when when he says he has a kid uh <laughs> when he's talking to the scientist and we all as the audience immediately know he's talking about adira and mm-hmm. how he's just immediately taken to adira as as his adopted child but but then when he gets the reveal that adira has also jumped onto that that planet ship thing um, with Hugh and the the shift in his face of just devastation and desperation of please you have to let me do this I can handle it I can take the ship and we can jump we can take care of all of it and save them ah it was it was just it was a fantastic moment it was tragic in both parts because I I saw it from his perspective I understood where Burnham was coming from as well and Burnham's gonna win in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, that last pull of I'm going to say something so damaging to our friendship to try to get you to not do this when he's like, we came here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that you wouldn't be we, alone. We all sacrificed for you. How dare you do this? And I was like, making some great points there, Stevens. <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt like he was trying to look at it from the the micro level right? right like that's a that's a you shouldn't do this like i like we did this for you and burnham is looking at it like this is the from a macro decision 
Osira just controlled you and went to Federation headquarters, right? Like that just happened. Burnham's like, if I was captain of the ship, this shit wouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, well, but she's looking at it and going, if she can right. do that, if she can take over Discovery and its spore drive, and if she wants to, you know, figure out how to do it, and they've already been talking about how to reverse engineer the spore drive. Now imagine the Emerald Chain with the fleet of these spore drives. There will be no Federation, nope. right? Like they've given you an opportunity to to merge right now they'll just acquire you and so um <laughs> throwing this up to distract you there's man, a comment from kate fletcher that says that you sound like jordy uh, which is a good thing <laughs> yeah i mean that, that you know that, that works for me i'm flattered um but no i think i, I think the question that i was going to have for all of you was whose whose team are you on are you team stamets are you team burnham on that decision oh burnham I think I am team Burnham, but I am more like, I want to say team Tilly because I think Tilly has a full plan that is accounting for both. And I think Burnham and Stamets are both on one track minds. Whereas I think Tilly has taken a step back and is trying to figure out a way to manage all of this. And I think that's going to be her ultimate redemption. Well, Mariah, you brought this up earlier that Tilly's headed to the bridge and, and she's got her own plans. Now, you know, Osiris back on the bridge, so that's going to be interesting. But let's say Tilly does manage to take the bridge back. You know, Stamets is now at Federation headquarters. Like that's that going to be, be a, that hard to get him back on the ship. Depends I mean, on where the ship is when they take it back over. Because at this point, she's headed. Out, she's headed I, away. I am wondering. So there's still a warp capable ship, though. Like they still have dilithium on the ship to be able to to go at warp speed at least. Right. And then there's also the tunnel that they just came through. So I am wondering if we're going to see Discovery try to navigate its way through that subspace tunnel. Ooh. I I mean, Burnham is operating from having a little bit more information. She's aware that there's more time that was bought for Hugh and Saru right. uh, because Adira jumped in there with radiation, mag- magic mm-hmm. radiation pills. Yeah. Um, and then Burnham has no intention of just letting them die. Mm-hmm. The first words out of, of her mouth when she beamed back onto book ship is we got to go back. We have to save them. They, they're going to die there. Then book gives more details of like, Oh, the other ship's probably about to get taken over. So um, that shifted everything for her. But, like, I, I think that in the best interest, she knows that remove that that uh, that ability mm-hmm. of the ship to go through the, the the spore drive, and you've basically crippled the ship. And now Osira has no more negotiating weight and is a sitting duck. She could potentially execute all the other people on the ship, but Burnham is still John McClane in Nakatomi Tower and it's gonna <laughs> fuck some people up. And yeah, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that Tilly and Gang are also now on the loose. So they're all pretty screwed. Linda yeah. B Osira. Osira and team are all screwed. Yeah. Let me I, I, I'm excited because you know I Linda B just reminded me or reminded all of us in the chat um of what Tilly said was which was basically don't stop for the fallen. That like that's not Tilly. That's definitely more Killy. And I love it. And so Mariah, you might be right. I think I think what I'm hoping at least 
is that in the season finale, we're going to see Tilly, Tilly's plan account for Stamets not being on the, sh- you know, Stamets, what he wants, what Burnham is trying to do. And the hero of all this is going to be Tilly with, with a little extra swag come season five. Ooh, ooh. Are we ready for a wild Mariah theory? Oh, yeah. I'm always ready yes. for a wild Mariah theory. Bring it. Okay. So Stamets is off the ship, but Aurelio has already started uh, growing tardigrade cells. What if Aurelio becomes a conduit for the mycelial network? And so he is now seeing the good of the Federation. He swaps teams. And he's going to help them jump back so that they can rescue everyone from the uh, the nebula. And now we have like another great scientific mind who's on the side of the Federation, who's going to help the Federation put spore drives in all of their ships. And this whole conflict with the Emerald Chain continues on to the next season. That's That's interesting. I mean, we have seen him in the background definitely being conflicted about what he thought was going on and what's actually going on with Osira. However, um, you want to know what my wild theory is? Yes, please. While he's doing that, I'll say, I love it, Mariah. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want it to happen. Boom. There's my banner. None of my wild theories end up actually happening. (laughs) Um, I think we're going to find out that... Um, the person that Aurelio has a kid with is Osira. Yep. That, I'm with you. I think I, I'm that's with you, the Grant. person oh. who uh, he got okay. those piercings with. And she's so now his he's baby the side of what she's doing. Yep. And it's much more complicated than that, than simply going, ah, you're evil. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's how she can control him. What, what do y'all think? In the, what do you think in the chat? That's awesome. a wild one. Possible. Um, I don't know. Married is. I don't know if he's married. Well, okay. Uh, they yeah, get partnered up with. Partnered. Yes. Attached. Did he way. say? Was the? I thought the piercings were Andorian. Oh, I thought they said it was uh, green people and oh, no. Orion. Orion. He's super into. Uh, Andorian opera. He was listening to Andorian opera because he does the whole thing about how the antennae make it sound like you can hear four more octaves or whatever he said. Um, Sam had said it was Orion. All right. T- yeah, Takako says Orion. Uh, okay. Um, and we Chad. believe what Takako says. So and another. Uh, oh, hey, uh, audience. While you're checking us out, if you have questions for us, now would be a good time for you to start putting in your questions and comments with P-O-D in the front. Um, and then we will get to those in a minute. But I wanted to pose something to you guys. Uh, what's the deal with um, disguises? Do people disguise themselves as other people? I'm not talking about like a Vok Ash Tyler kind of thing. I just mean like simple mm-hmm. Mission Impossible latex mask or something like Yep, there's quite a few in uh, in Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the- they did a lot of like surgery. Like yeah. it's it's apparently in the Next Generation, surgery is like not a big deal. So you can kind of alter your features um, and then go back. Oh, but, yeah. like, how is the tech not there that? Um, What's her name? Osiro would just be like, "Oh, I look like Tilly. Hey, uh, all's good. Let me into the Federation space bubble." I mean, it's 
I don't know if we've ever seen it. The, I guess the lie uh, I'm detector sure we, would be there. Yeah, the lie detector would be there. Um, I'm sure bioscans would show, you know, that was a big one for why it was all like, why Ash Tyler and that all, all of that kind of stuff is surgical. Cause there's an episode of uh, um, TNG where uh, uh, Troy has to go undercover as a Romulan and she has to have all this surgery done so that she totally appears Romulan. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's just kind of what I was curious about. Yeah. We have a so, question. Possible. Oh. Um. Kevin Richardson says, "Pod, do you think the burn was a compelling mystery? If it is what we what was revealed to us last week, <laughs> it was not compelling. I'm not going to talk about how pissed I am about that, but uh, I'm still holding out hope that in the season finale." Where there are all these threads we're looking for them to tie up. One of those threads is going to be that the burn was a little bit more complex than an adolescent temper tantrum. So, you know, Clyde, as a fan of a certain TV show called Lost, shot. I might, <laughs> I might uh, point out that sometimes it's it's about the journey of the mystery and not the end reveal of of what the actual answer is. Because I know that a lot of people were disappointed with some of the answers they finally got on Lost. I wasn't among them. I'm I'm a, a true believer. But I think that the burn mystery throughout this season has been a lot of fun to come back to and think about, uh, especially with its ramifications galaxy wide. It was it's a huge deal that suddenly you have all these like societies and civilizations reliant upon that, and it's a depleted resource. So, yeah, yeah very fascinating. I think it's been a great catalyst for the conflict that we've set up here in the future. So I do think it was a smart choice at least to have, you know, all connections and all travel and like all interconnectivity disrupted in such a big way because I think it changes things so much from what we're used to seeing in this particular like in the star trek world um so i've enjoyed it as a plot device for sure am i going to enjoy how it ends i cannot tell you yet <laughs> yeah um, I, th I think the issue for me is is i th there's more that you can dig into there i think mariah you bring up a, a question or a, a point i, I think us you know, having a shortage of dilithium is an interesting kind of take on whether or not we have, you know, reusable uh, fuels um, and things like that. I think there's an interesting way you can continue to, to kind of dig in there. Um, so that I think has been absolutely helpful as a, as a catalyst. I, I just wish the reveal was a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more complex than what we got. Uh, Kern says, do you think next week's episode will end with Saru being replaced as captain? Mm. One could only hope. <laughs> you're, you're not a Saru believer. I'm kidding. I, uh, I feel like Saru's been put in a difficult position and has a gentler touch than maybe the times require. And if this is the proving ground that Burnham is, is the Kirk that can kind of take over the helm and and push us in a more active direction. I'm okay with it. I, I would think, like more time for Saru though. I think I would only be okay with it if it's Saru's idea. 
because yeah. it would be sad I, otherwise, right? Yeah, because I think it would have to be him deciding he wants to take on more of like a, you know, maybe an ambassador kind of role, kind of like working to reconnect the Federation because we saw how good he was actually at doing that when with all of these like touch points with the Vulcans and in all of these other moments where he's like so good at making those connections with other people. But I don't think I would only really be okay with Saru stepping down if it's Saru's choice to step down and not like, we don't think you're a good enough captain. Cause I do think he is a good enough captain. Um, I think this, like you were saying, Grant, like the situation has definitely changed for what would, would make a good captain in this particular era. Right. But I don't think he's bad at it. I think he's still just like, what are they on like month four of being in this new future? Like how long have they been there? You know? <laughs> True. I- I'm hoping that we see Saru grow t- into being a great captain for this particular time period. Burnham is still very much a loose cannon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me, I hate to say it. Part of me feels like that's won't make a great captain. But part of me also feels like I like her in the role that she's in. You need a character who can run around the ship, stabbed in the leg, drip, dripping blood with no shoes on. You you do need that character. And it's to me, it's better and it makes more sense when that character is not your captain. Right. Right. Man, ah, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Pod, will we find out the truth about Grudge next week? Hmm. No. <laughs> no grudge grudge is simply a queen that's all we need to know she's They're gonna care merge, merge the hell out of grudge grudge is the baby yoda of grudge. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> star trek <laughs> that so one I, I agree with i need more grudge merch before we find out the truth no grudge merch. unless grudge becomes something even cuter that would be the only thing <laughs> um so if Going back to your theory, Mariah, if uh, Dr. Aurelio or whatever, I think I'm butchering the name every single time, but um, if that scientist guy does become the the second tardigrade mycelial conduit dude, um, they could have a second ship and there could be a Saru ship and a Burnham ship. I don't think we need that much split. We're, if this was a 22 episode per season show, 100% yes. They're just going to roll out another show. Yeah, but because these are only 10 to 13 episode seasons, definitely not. Linda B says, hoping Dr. Kelpian, is that Dr. Isa, was yeah. carrying um, ex- an experimental child. What does that mean? I, I mean, think the child became experimental when they landed on a radiation planet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Oh, that was the other question I was going to say. Who's the president? And is I, it Grudge, according to Linda? <laughs> I don't think that. the president's been bouncing around the galaxy in a courier ship, although that would be interesting. Um, first, we me- we heard mention that there that Vance isn't the the top dog. There's a president above. No, they mentioned that they've kind of become one headquartered place but that there was still sort of like the diplomats and then the military ish more side of things um so i didn't think he was like our tippity top dog i thought he was like you know the person who's gonna have to deal with discovery (laughs) um 
But yeah, I, I'm hoping it's like a really cool guest star and we get to see who the president is at some point. Scott Bakula comes back. It's been a long road. I'm and like trying to think. <laughs> I mean, it's too long for any characters we're going to know, but perhaps it's going to be a descendant of a character that we know, which will be pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, guys, this is like the wildest theory and I 100% know it's not true, but it's just like a wild thought I just had. So Picard is an android now. <gasps> yes. Picard no. is president. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> yes, he doesn't die. He can't die. He's lived for 3,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. I've lost it. I've lost it, y'all. Yeah. I, I'm buying into this one. No. Nope. Like it. <laughs> it would be cool. But no. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be cool. It would be like total revolt of fans. <laughs> but it'd be funny. I mean, I I mean yeah, yeah. It, it would it would go against canon and yes. it would definitely be a jump the shark moment. But um <laughs> it, it, it would be a great like it would be a great Lower Decks episode. Yes, it would yeah. be a great Lower Decks episode. It's one of those things that you want to see, but you kind of want it to be a bottle episode, almost like a dream episode mm. that that doesn't mess with the actual timelines. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. A holodeck episode. That'd be hell yeah. funny. Oh, shit. Maybe the doctor is the president. What doctor? Uh, Cronenberg. Oh. oh. Right? Isn't that the doctor? Or are they, I, I, they might Doctor be referring Who. to the doctor from Voyager. Could be Doctor Who. Oh, I thought they were talking about Cronenberg, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was Cronenberg, but that's probably wrong. All right, we got we got some people saying you or uh, or Picard. Um, it's gonna be Riker. <laughs> He's been in every other show. <laughs> Riker's back. Uh, Takako says it'd be cool, but it's already been established that he would have the same lifespan as if he were human Picard. So, so take that Mariah's theory, wild theory time. But that's why it was a wild theory. (laughs) 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 All right, y'all. Do you have anything else before we close this one out? I'm excited for the season finale. Same. Yeah. And very excited. At the same time, so and I, I know think we'll be back at the same time, our usual time. Yes, we will be back at our usual time on Thursday at nine. So you have to wait even less days to hear us back talking about Trek since we're airing on a Friday this week. Um, I'm very stoked for the finale. I'm also a little sad because it's the final ending of our weeks and weeks of new Trek that we have gotten. Um, we're gonna kind of come together and figure out what we're going to do in our little off season. But if y'all have ideas of things you'd like us to discuss character breakdowns, perhaps I'll finally finish writing that one scene of the, of the pilot episode (laughs) y'all voted on during our last off season. And we'll do a table read. Um, We'll figure it out, but thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast this week. Again, like I said, we'll be back on our normal night Thursday at 9 PM central time uh, on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you are watching us currently. Um, Grant, how else can people connect with us? Uh, Let's see. You can, of course, go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod and make your per episode pledge. I even have a little banner I can put up. Um, And we appreciate all of your support. You can also um, 
subscribe to us, rate and review us over on Apple. And uh, you can check out our website, StarTrekPod.co. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Star Trek Pod. You can tweet about the episode, please. And if you're not too busy, why don't you let a couple people who help us out know how important they are? So if you are on Twitter by any chance, just let Karen, who helps run our Twitter, know that she's amazing. And if you're on our Insta, shout out, shout out to James Worm, who helps run our Insta. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, James. Thank you all so much for joining us on Star Trek Discovery Pod. Uh, Clyde, where are you at on the internets? You can find me at Clyde Haynes on Twitter or on the web at www.keyandclyde.com. That's K-E-I and Clyde.com. Grant. At Baron Von Grant. Nice. You can follow me at Mariah Gossett. That's Mariah with a Y and a Gossett with two S's and two T's uh, anywhere online. You can also follow our usual captain, uh, Mike, at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter. Thank you all so much. Live long and prosper. Bye. Bye.